Welcome into the left turn here on Hello. X6. Trevor's good old classic. Hello, I'm Jacob Blair. Trevor Mater. Yeah, we've also got a special guest yeah. in the studio with us. Matt Tritton is sitting in here with us. We're going to have, I think, Austin McNorton here sitting yeah, in here soon. We're not turning on their mic. It's going to be a party. It is. I think Andrew Botwinick's um, going to join us later as yeah. well. We might actually have more people in the studio watching the radio show than we will listening to it. So, uh, however you can get them, I guess. Yeah. Um, but. Playoffs in full swing. First uh, race of the round to 12 is complete. Uh, good full weekend at Dover and uh, interesting couple of races. And now it's on to Talladega. And for some, Talladega is uh, a little bit more important than they hoped it to be. For others, it doesn't matter anymore. And that's a really good thing for Kyle Larson, the winner uh, at, at Dover. Not good at Talladega. Doesn't like those races. And he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I thought he said something really interesting in his victory interview yesterday. He said, you know, last time I was in Talladega, I ended up on my lid. And he statistically has never ran good at Talladega. Um, just not a good restrictor plate racer. It doesn't fit his style. Doesn't matter what happens to him this week. Um, whether he crashes on lap one or he leads every lap, he's going to be into the round of eight. And he's never got to the round of eight before. This is the first time in his six-year career that he's gotten past the round of 12. I think the racetracks in the round of eight kind of line up well for him with Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix. And then we all know how good he is at Homestead if he gets there for the championship four. And uh, I think you sent me this. A round of eight Kyle Larson is a dangerous yes. Kyle Larson. Well, and, and a Kyle Larson that has a win under his belt is a... It's, it's been a long time. I and, can't remember. 77 races, I think it was. Richmond of 2017, so... Been, he's, he's gotten close plenty of times but before then. A lot of seconds, a lot of thirds. 75 but. is what it was. So, yeah, I mean, that's – and he's been close. Haven't been able to get it done. He struggled the first part of the season. Um, pretty much everything that could go wrong did. But, man, the last half of the season, he's really turned it on. Had a lot of top fives. Probably should have won at Darlington. Um, had a good car at Michigan. Had a good car at Pocono. Watch out for him come the last five, six races. Hey, again, he's able to pick up that one. One of the, the two most dominant cars during the, the course of the, the race. And it was really a race about three three cars. Martin Truex Jr., he did lead some laps. It was always that, that second or third car. First part of the race, pole sitter, Denny Hamlin, runs away with, with the first couple stages. Doesn't win stage two, but stage one is all about Denny Hamlin. He ends up leading 218 laps in this one before Kyle Larson takes it over in the second half, leads 154. So it was really that that three-car race up front all race long. And it looked like, I mean, the way Hamlin ran in stage one and then the most of stage two that he was probably just going to put on a, a super dominant performance throughout the day and run away with it. And this isn't, Dover's not one of his better tracks. I don't think he's, no, he's never won at Dover. Um, Martin Truex Jr. who had another really fast car. That is one of his better tracks. He's ran really well there. Um, so I kind of thought it was just going to be those two that, that got it done all day. And then Kyle Larson had a really fast car, just got caught up in some stuff early on. I know he said he had trouble in dirty air on long runs. Um, but then late in the race when they got on the long run and went green for pretty much the entire third stage, it didn't look like that car had any problems. So. And I think the the big thing with Kyle Larson that was really kind of a difference maker yesterday um, as I was watching is, you know, we've seen so many times where he, maybe it's the dirt track racer and he loves to run the top side. He likes to get as close to the wall as he can without hitting it. And sometimes he ends up hitting it because he got too close to it. Yesterday, he was really one of the only guys that was trying to make the bottom work um, and was able to do it. So a Kyle Larson that can be versatile and make a car work anywhere, whether it's up against the wall or in the bottom, that's also a dangerous Kyle Larson. Larson has been sneaky good mm-hmm. for a while now where you weren't talking about him, you weren't mentioning his name, where at the beginning of the year you, you were talking a lot about Larson because he was struggling so much. Now for, for a while it, it was just Kyle Larson was there, having solid runs but wasn't, a factor sometimes he'd be up front at the beginning of a race but by the end of the race larson wasn't in the discussion to win but w- would walk out with with almost newman type numbers where he just was always around a top 10 position where now you get a kyle larson that's that's going to race up front fight for wins and especially yeah. as we've mentioned with the, the races that the four races then the season which he's now going to have an opportunity to be a part of we'll see how that plays with all the the favorites 
at the start of the playoffs. And you go back to when the playoffs started, going into that last 10-race stretch in the regular season, he had the second-best average finish um, of playoff drivers. Denny Hamlin was statistically a way better, the best driver of the playoff field. Then Kyle Larson had an average finish of just over 11th and had some top fives. He had been running a lot better. Um, this could be, I think this could be the year for Kyle Larson. I know you had him in the championship four. I didn't have him there because I didn't trust him to even get to the cha- the round of eight. But now that he's got there, it's going to give him a little extra pep in his step as well that he's got that win under his belt. And uh, now he can go to Talladega in Kansas, and he's playing with house money. And he runs really well at Kansas too. Um, so I wouldn't count him out there in a couple weeks. And with the playoffs, a lot of what we see, it kind of works with the, the playoff format since they went to this. It works a lot like other playoffs in other sports where momentum matters and you look at someone like Alex Bowman now. Well, look at Joey Logano last year. Right. I mean, you, you get, you get things rolling, but you look at some of these drivers, you've got Kyle Larson now, Alex Bowman in a second last week to make this round finishes third at Dover to put himself in a good situation. William Byron's been running well. Clint Boyer, he, he's had some, some good runs. So your, your favorites, the, the Kyle Bushes, the Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Keselowski, they're Lugano. still around, but they're not the names we're talking about these last several races running up front. I think this year, going into the final six races, right, six is the most compelling that we've seen, I think, maybe in a while because there's no clear-cut favorite. Um, you know, we came into the playoffs thinking it was probably Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch and Martin Truex. Um, probably more so Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Well, we've seen Busch struggle since the playoffs. He just, they haven't had speed. That's what's concerning about about that 18 car is they're one bad thing away, one bad thing happening away from maybe not even making the round of eight. Um, we don't know. William Byron, I think, is putting together like a 2014 Ryan Newman performance where he just grinds, grinds, grinds um, and could get to the round of eight. Alex Bowman is all of a sudden looking really fast. Um, Kyle Larson's came on. I, I don't know that there's a favorite. If there is, I think it's probably Truex, but I don't know that it's – an overwhelming favorite. And you look at the results of this one. Kyle Larson again picks up the win. Martin Truex Jr. in second. Alex Bowman third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Denny Hamlin fifth. Kyle Busch, he finished sixth. Matt Benedetto seventh. Jimmy Johnson eighth was the last car on the lead lap in a race that only saw three cautions, two for the end of stage one and stage two, and then one debris caution early. So 152 laps to end this race. So again, only eight cars on the lead lap. Kurt Busch, the first car, one lap down, finished ninth. Clint Boyer in tenth. Your other playoff drivers, Brad Keselowski in 11th. William Byron, 13th. Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott all had bad days. Logano finished 34th, Blaney 35th, and then Chase Elliott, he blew a motor early on lap about 7 or 8 and ended up last in this, finishing 38th. So those three drivers, Logano, Blaney, Elliott, they're now in a difficult situation heading to Talladega. Yeah, and you always assume come playoff time there's going to be guys that get bit by the, the mechanical problems that don't normally tend to happen in the regular season. They find guys come playoff time. Uh, you know, I think Logano, was it a loose axle? I don't remember what it was that went wrong on that car. Pretty much the same exact time that Chase Elliott had his problems. Logano ended up going 20, 25 laps down. Uh, Ryan Blaney early in the race, they thought they had motor troubles. They got it figured out. It seemed to be running fine. Then all of a sudden they had a brake issue, and he ended up you know, pulling in with about 100 laps to go and, and finishing 35th and has put him in a really dire position. Uh, William Byron, I think, had a top five, top ten capable car, but got caught exiting pit road a little bit too fast under green in a track like Dover that's so small. Uh, getting getting uh, pit road speeding violations under green will just kill you, and that's that's what happened to him. And he had to play catch up the rest of the way. Um, almost got a lucky dog towards the end of stage two, but Paul Menard got lapped on the last lap, so he got the spot back instead of William Byron, and just. He, derailed there for him but still 13th place finish he's sitting all right um but an entertaining day for playoff drivers and in terms of those playoffs you you look now to the unpredictability of talladega and where those points standing sit if you're kyle larson you're happy you're in a good spot you're on to the round of eight don't have to worry about that unpredictability martin tricks jr is going to be 63 above the cut line so for talladega's sakes in a very good position where he can't drop out uh, in the top eight if something goes wrong and i think that's big for him too because kansas is one of his best if not his best track and that'll be the next race in the cutoff for the round of 12 
Um, so as long as he doesn't have a totally terrible day um, at Talladega, which who knows, it's Talladega. I mean, a lot of things happen that you just can't can't plan for. It, it's enough of a, a buffer. You're not. It's not going to make it or break worried it because if you have a bad day, you're still going to sit 15 to, to 12 to 20 points above yeah. the cut line because not everyone's going to win. Only one driver can win. So. He's that, that's sitting. a good buffer heading in, into yeah. Kansas. If you're Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, both Hamlin and Busch 48 above, Harvick 42. Not quite the same situation as Truex, but also in a really good position. If, if they to finish, have a bad day, if they finish, okay. they'll be fine. And Harvick runs really well at Kansas too. Looking ahead in two weeks, so that's another guy that, um, yeah, he's sitting in a good spot. If they end up finishing anywhere in the top 10, top 15, they could go into Kansas pretty much already locked into the round of eight. After that is where it gets really fun. Brad Keselowski 20 above the cut line. Alex Bowman 17. William Byron and Joey Logano they are equaled at that bubble line right now byron if it were to end now gets the tiebreaker because he has the better finish in the round that that's the tiebreaker for the, these rounds is better finish you move on so william byron to get that again joy logano in that ninth position clint boyer in 10th four points behind the cut line chase elliott seven back and that's where that win at the roval last week plays a, a big factor picked up some more of those playoff points so it helps limit the damage when, when you end up finishing last in the race, and then Ryan Blaney in a lot of trouble, 22 points back right now. Yeah, he's not in a must-win, but he's in a must-go-out-and-have-a-really-good-performance. Yeah, you can't wreck um, it at Talladega here. But, you know, Jacob, when I look at the playoff standings right now, and you look at the five guys that are comfortably in, Truex, Hamlin, Bush, Harvick, Larson, then you look at the other seven guys that are jockeying for three spots, Keselowski, Bowman, Logano, Byron, Boyer, Elliott, Blaney, those guys are all much better restrictor plate racers than the top five um you know i think all of them have a well blaney i think the only one that doesn't have a and byron obviously doesn't have a super speedway win under their belt um but they've shown speed and led a lot of laps at daytona and talladega in years past so any one of those guys six through 12th could go out there and and just put on a clinic and you know avoid the chaos and get the win and make it even more interesting it's you love talladega in this round because you have I wish it was the elimination race. I, I mean, think we saw why it's not. I mean, the, selfishly, you know, getting to go to Kansas Speedway, I'm glad that Kansas is the, the cutoff race, but I also wouldn't complain if Talladega, because it's just such a wild card. And that's what's going to make this fun. We'll, we'll preview Talladega a little bit more coming up later in the show. Right now we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, look at the Xfinity Series, talk about what went on as Dover, talk about the, the cup race a little bit more and some of the the mid-race controversy there so we'll be back on the left turn on x106 welcome back into the left turn here on x106 jacob blair the yawning trevor mater over to the right side apparently i'm boring trevor here today well apparently the the race at dover bored some people yesterday uh, apparently you wanted to talk about that a little i did bit. um do we want to go ahead and do that now Let, let's do that now i just i don't I need to rant for a second, I think, Jacob. I'm going to sit back and just listen. I try to watch every race with a positive attitude. Um, it's not a sport that everybody enjoys. I understand that. I respect that. Um, but the people that enjoy it should enjoy it. If you watch every race and expect it to be, you know, the 1979 Daytona 500 or something – you're going to be disappointed. Like sometimes there's just races that aren't super exciting because it's 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 competition, it's not entertainment. It's no different than having a blowout football game um or a blowout basketball game or a blow This isn't professional wrestling or um soap operas. It's competition. So when I get on Twitter and I see all these people commenting on tweets that journalists like Jeff Gluck or Matt Weaver tweet about the race and everything is negative, it just, as a racing fan, kind of makes me embarrassed, makes me upset um, that everything's back on the rules package. I think a lot of people forget that we had boring races long before the rules, this rules package, and there's going to be boring races with whatever rules package. You're, you're never going to take away um, some of that stuff out of it, no matter what you do, and I just think it's stupid. Well, and we know the, the Gen 7 car that's being tested here this week in Richmond with Austin Dillon and we'll have to see what comes of that but I agree you're, you're gonna have bad races you, you can have bad races anywhere 
There's some people that live or die by dirt racing because they think it's more exciting. There's some, I've been to dirt races where I've I go home and I'm like, boring that was boring. Races. But, I mean, you're not going to have a great race every week. It's it's just not going to happen. But I look at the races this year that I've seen, and I think I've watched – I've been fortunate this year. I've watched just about every race. I've missed a handful here and there. The only ones that really stick out to me that were like knock me to sleep boring were Las Vegas, the first one. Phoenix I didn't find super exciting. And Martinsville. Um, that was pretty much it. Indy was for an Indy race was actually kind of exciting. Um, but you look at the stretch of races they had in the midsummer with Daytona and Chicago and Kentucky and Loudoun and Pocono. Those were all super exciting. Um, Kansas was super exciting earlier this year. I thought the Coke 600 was incredibly exciting. Bristol was one of the best races I've seen in a long time. Darlington was entertaining. Um, the Roval was entertaining. You're going to get that. We could go back through every race from every season from now until the end of time, and we're probably going to find 10 or 12 races that were boring to really boring, 15 races that were decent, and another 10 that were really, really good. It's, this year isn't any different than any other year other than there's a rules package that people don't like, and they can blame that there's a boring race on this rules package. And I'm going to add to this and go to, to the IndyCar side as well. I, I've watched pretty much every single Indy 500 that, that I can go back and watch, whether it's highlights of way back in the 1920s, 1930s. I think I've or, watched or everything races. up to 06. So you go back and you look at some of these races, and you go back, and now you have most of the field stays on the lead lap. Everyone's right there with each other. There's passing all over the place. And then yet some people, even even with this year's Indy 500, said it, it was kind of boring because Simon Pagano dominated most of the race. It wasn't exciting until the last 20. It got more exciting in the last 20. But go back to 1970-something. When until, three guys finished on the lead lap. And, and th- there, were, there were three guys, like you said, three guys on the lead lap. Then the next car closest was three laps down. There, most of the field had, had left the race due to a mechanical issue. And you went because it was the spectacle of it. it. It wasn't necessarily the action on the racetrack. It it was you're there. You're experiencing not just the racing, the noise, the the, the fans, all of that. And I think that that some of the the fans that sit at home on the couch and judge these races, every race is going to be more exciting if you're there. Well, we were. I mean, I went to the race at Kansas last year, first Cup race I've ever been to in my life. Um, there were a whopping three cautions, two for stages, one because William Byron's motor exploded. Um, it was pretty much dominated by Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and then Chase Elliott late. On TV, that probably wasn't a super exciting race to watch, but in person, there were so many things going on that it was entertaining to watch. And that's what I'm, I'm getting at is, like you said, not every race is going to be exciting, but some races don't come through the TV well. Because, unfortunately, with TV, you have one camera at one. Yeah. Like you have multiple cameras, but there's one picture at the time. There could be an awesome battle going on for 11th between Paul Menard and Ricky Stenhouse that isn't going to get the TV time because Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex are the top two in points and they're running one, two. I mean, there's, you miss so much when you're watching on TV. Um, Ned Jarrett won the 1965 Southern 500 by 14 laps. 14 laps. So, you know, don't complain to me that, oh, well, NASCAR's all of a sudden got boring. This stuff has gone on. There's just times that dudes come out of the hauler and they've they've got it clicking for the weekend. Um, There's never going to be any substitute for that. If you don't like that, if if you – it's no different than watching a blowout football game. I mean, if you're a NASCAR fan and – a guy dominates. How is that any different than if you're a Chiefs fan or a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan and they go out and win by 30? I don't I don't find it any different. Um, it just aggravates me. And everyone tries to say, oh, well, the ratings are down and the attendance is down. It's not completely true. Um, See, I, I think the, the attendance is down. The ratings aren't because people are still watching on TV. Yeah. The attendance is down, not because people don't want to go to the races. It's because 
so, some of these tracks aren't in the best location. You look at Bristol. Some of it's stupid expensive. But you look at hotel prices, gas prices. It's more than just the ticket. Yeah. To, to watch a race for a lot of people. Myself, I have the luxury. I live w- within 20 minutes of Kansas Speedway. I don't have to pay for any of that. All I need is the ticket because I have a bed waiting for me at the end of the race. A lot of people that go to Kansas Speedway don't. They have to find hotels. See, and there's not the Legends, which is right by Kansas Speedway. There's not a lot of hotels there. There's only so many rooms, that, and you've got more going on than just Kansas Speedway, especially with, with all the sporting Kansas City stuff around there. It's more expensive than just the ticket. So, but but you look at the rest of other sports as well. Ticket prices, the price of attending a sporting event is is getting higher. And then if you look at the demographics of NASCAR fans, they're not your, you know, typical people that are going to be able to afford a big, expensive trip to go watch a race. They can afford to go to a race. It's not the race they're not going to because they can't afford it. It's everything else. Last year. You know, when we went to Kansas Speedway, we paid, what, I think $27 for our tickets. I know I, I paid for my ticket, and then my pre-race pass was less than 60 bucks. And and um, in, in terms of me, like, I know some people might not think these are good seats, but they, I we were, they were pretty good. Upper section, turn four at Kansas yeah. Speedway, and that's where I love to sit. Yeah, me too. I, I'm I not, mean, personally, I don't like sitting at the start-finish line because... I like sitting towards a corner because you get to see a little bit. It's, it's a different perspective than seeing because you get to see them actually in the corner versus from a distance. I think we'll have better seats this year, though. I think so, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just it, it drives me nuts, um, all these people that claim to be diehard NASCAR fans that, um, you know, get behind a keyboard and complain about this and complain about that. And I mean, it's, there's just there's going to be boring races. To, to me, it's it's get to the racetrack. If you're there and it happens to be one of those boring races, you have a, a little bit of leeway to say that wasn't a great race. If you're not there, sometimes it doesn't come through the TV. Yeah, there's there's so many things going on. I mean, it's more than just one car or two cars out there that the camera pans to. Um, and, and so, you, Trevor, you had your chance to rant. Okay. Oh, good. Now, now it's my chance to rant. And... There, there was a little bit of an issue with Joey Logano this week in terms of lapped cars. We've talked about this before, but I think for, you know, drivers continually forget this. Is I understand Joey Logano is a lot of laps down, and this goes for anybody as well. I think. But a lapped car's job is not to get out of the way. It's to stay. That, I, I've been on racetracks where there are drivers that they as they're, they're new to racing – they take that mentality and cause more problems trying to get out of the way than just holding their line. Lap car's job is to be predictable. That's their only job. Hold your line. And that way we go back to the incident with Kyle Busch. It's all Garrett Smithley did. He held his line. It's up to the, the leaders to get around you. If you are fast enough that say a Kyle Larson or Martin Truex Jr. can't get to you, or a Denny Hamlin, which I think was where it was, it was Hamlin at that time. and Truex were the two. You can't that... get to him to pass him. It's not his job to pull over. It is his job. Once you get there, you get a run. He doesn't cut you off. He doesn't turn into you. He gives you room. But until then, he he's running his race. Joey Logano, yes, he, he's just running laps down. The car still had speed. He's still out there learning. You, you can always learn something when you're on the racetrack. There is nothing that says he has to get out of the way. Well, and, you know, there's still scenarios where he could gain positions if certain things happen to certain people. I mean, yeah, I think he ended up finishing ahead of Ryan Blaney. Um, so he's going to run his race. It, and I don't know if you got the chance to, to kind of catch that. Um, but he was running his line. He wasn't in the way. He was just running the same line they were doing, which uh, you can do that. You know, it's like you said, it's their job to get around you. There, there's, there is a misconception, it seems, with a lot of people from crews to drivers that that blue flag with the yellow stripes across it mean get out of the way. That does, that's not what it means. It, it's never been what it means. When... when when I go to a racetrack 
And when I was younger and would go to racetracks, they'd always go over the flags everywhere because for some reason when a series of 14-year-olds would come in, they would feel the need that we didn't know what everything meant and they'd go over it. But they would always say, this is not a move-over flag. This is just telling you the leaders are coming. Hold your line. And they would say, we prefer at this like – what we'd get sometimes is we prefer at this racetrack you take the high line or you take the low line and give the leaders the preferred groove, but you don't have to. It is their job to get around you. Just hold your line and don't be in the way. And it's not like he. It's not like they got to him and then he raced them for five laps. You know, it wasn't even like Newman and Matt DiBenedetto earlier this year. It was just they couldn't get to him, and they were upset that he was running the same line and wouldn't get and, out of their way. And going back to the the Newman deal that we ranted about on here for a while, I wasn't mad at Newman until he hit DiBenedetto. Yeah. Newman did everything he was supposed to do, fight to stay on the lead lap. He held his line. He made Matt had to be the one to get around him until you, you slide up in front of him and cost him a win. Then there becomes a problem. Logano didn't do that. The, these other lap cars that were causing Kyle Larson problems at the end of the race that took a six-plus second lead down Clint, to almost a second. Clint Boyer and I think Paul Menard might Daniel have been in Suarez there. Suarez was there, um, yeah, among others, but... Kyle Larson, he worked his way around, got clean air again, and then Truex was stuck behind those guys. It's not their job to pull over and, and let you run away. I think sometimes we get in a situation where late, late in the race, we see drivers do that. Or, or at the end of a stage, we'll see a car lapse down, pull off to the side and let the leaders go. That's a courteous thing to do, but that's, that's their choice to do that. If they wanted to stay out there and race, they can. There's nothing that says they have to get out of the way. Yeah, I mean, we've... We've seen that. I know we had this debate earlier this year. I believe it was with um, Ricky Stenhouse and Martin Truex at I think Atlanta, where Stenhouse was running his race and Truex couldn't get around him, and Truex wasn't happy about it. Although there was really nothing Stenhouse was doing wrong. I mean, it's like you said, it's up to them to pass. It's not they don't owe you anything. They're out there racing too. Um, definitely, guys that are trying to stay on the lead lap. Caution comes out totally changes the, the whole complex of the race so i don't know i just I, i'm with you i think denny hamlin's comments were wrong i haven't heard martin truex say much um but i know hamlin's comments about how logano was you know wasn't really racing for anything and and that he should have just got out of the way and that you pick a line he did pick a line he never moved from the bottom of the track it just so happened the line he picked was the line they were running and i think I think we've got our, our rants out of the way. As there was another race that, that did happen over the weekend, a Xfinity race, as they concluded their round of 12 as they head to the round of eight. Eight drivers were able to move on. The eight drivers we really talked about being the ones to move on were, were that case. I think I said Brandon Jones would find his way in there. His teammate Harrison Burton kept that from happening. I nailed the eight. Good, good for you, Trevor. I tried. But early on in the race, Harrison Burton, lap one, gets loose, takes out his teammate. Then later uh, in the race, Joe Gibbs did not have a good day. as There early as well, Christopher Bell has problems. He ends up getting getting more laps in to, to get back up to the 25th finishing position. So that's all Christopher Bell could do. So a bad day for Joe Gibbs racing. That kind of opened it up for everyone else. Not that Cole Custer or... Tyler Reddick needed the help because they've been just as dominant this year, but Cole Custer picks up a seventh win of the season. I really want to see Cole Custer in a cup car next year just because you look at that rookie class that they'll have then with Bell and Custer and Reddick. I mean, we're watching the, the battle those guys are putting on now. You, you go to the, the cup series, I think they'll do the same thing. It might not be for wins, but it could be for around 12. And it could be, you know, in five years, it could be for wins. I mean, up there along with guys like Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney. Um, but this year in the Xfinity series, it's just been, I mean, you've had the, the big three, but they've, they've been trading it back and forth, and it's been fun to watch. Um, and I think the battle for who's going to join them in Homestead is also going to be really fun to watch. As in this one, Cole Custer, he picked up the win, leading 31 laps. Justin Allgaier finished second. That was Trevor's pick for the week. He finished, yeah. in the, he finished second, leading 67 laps. Austin Sendrick finished third. He led 29. Justin Haley, fourth. 
unfortunately for Justin, not good enough to move on to the round of eight. Chase Briscoe, he finished fifth, leading 71 laps. It was your pole sitter, had to go to the back at the start of the race, was able to run up front the rest of the day after working back through the field. Michael Annette, he finished sixth. That was good enough to move him on to the round of eight. Noah Gregson, seventh, same thing for him. John Hunter Nemechek, he finished eighth, not able to move on to the round of eight. Zane Smith finished ninth, Ryan Sieg, tenth. Your other playoff drivers, Tyler Reddick, twelfth. Christopher Bell, 25th, and then Brandon Jones, 37th of the way. The points look heading into the round of eight. Again, John Hunter Nemechek, Justin Haley, Ryan Segan, Brandon Jones, the four eliminated after the round of 12, the eight moving on. Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Austin Sanders, Justin Allgaier, Chase Briscoe, Michael Annette, and Noah Gragson. Points-wise, Christopher Bell, he goes into the round of eight as the one seed. 48 above the cut line. Cole Custer, 36 above the cut line. Tyler Reddick, he'll be 30. Those three have a good gap heading into the next three races for the Xfinity Series. Again, they will not be at Talladega this weekend. Cindric starts three above the cut line. Allgaier, three back. Briscoe, four back. Annette, eight back. And then Gragson will be 12 back. John Hernemachek really disappointed me this year. I had a little bit higher hopes from, from him. I mean, I don't know that I thought he'd be up there with reddick and custer and bell but he showed speed and chip with chip ganassi last year won the race at kansas um and he just was kind of there all year didn't really do a whole lot and um ends up not even making the round of eight as again those eight drivers as they look to the rest of the season they will start off the round of eight for them at kansas then go to Texas, finish that round up at phoenix before heading to homestead so down the final four races for the Xfinity season. We're going to take a quick break here on the left turn. When we get back, switch gears a little bit, talk IndyCar as there, there's some, I guess, some the new windshields we're going to talk about, whether we like oh them, boy. whether we don't like them. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater, and for the second break <laughs> in a row, I don't Trevor comes back in with a yawn. Commercials <laughs> bore me out, man. We need a commercial-free show. Well, maybe maybe we'll do that championship our championship special we're doing it we're doing a two-hour championship special again this year second annual are you asking me or are you telling I am me at, well, i'm both you're i mean both. you're the sports director now i don't know why you're asking okay, me we're, you we're, make we'll, those decisions well, championship I should, weekend. I should be around championship weekend so the week uh, it'll be november what will that be november 11th i believe i think it's later than that november 12th well the, the championship race weekend is is the 15th 16th is it 17th. that early is that early I feel like it should be later that monday whatever that date is is we're searching our calendars two hour special here the one before right not the one after the one before okay i'll put it in my calendar please do i need you here for that okay i'll be here november the, the, the 11th. second annual championship special november we're also 11th. gonna have some some really cool stuff coming up in the next couple weeks so Everyone who cares, be paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, is we, we have some, some cool opportunities heading our way. We're going to talk now about IndyCar. Switch gears a little bit. Not not a whole lot has happened here in the last couple of weeks. Silly season-wise, I think the only news is that Connor Daly will not be in the running for the McLaren ride. Still don't know who's going to be there. Still waiting on everything else to, to drop in the remaining seats. Not a whole lot of seats left. Uh, it's more... Are some teams going to expand? Doesn't look likely in terms of like a, a Graham or a Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing. I don't think they're going to jump to three cars. What happens with Meyer Shank racing because of uh, their alliance with what was Schmidt Peterson Motorsports? That will go away due to the manufacturer and engine swap. So, not a whole lot going on silly season wise. However, for the first time, we saw the new aero screen on track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the first race simulation test on a racetrack scott dixon will power the the two testing it i think will power said it was it's ready to race right now not not anything needs to be changed let's start aesthetically with these what would you think of the way that this looked on the racetrack i think it looks kind of cool i like it the the way the way i described this is is kind of like a mullet and let me explain Business in that. the front, party in the back? Kind of, where if you if you look at a mullet from the right it angle... It was cool in the 80s? Right. Well, no. Let, let, me, let me get to this. If you look at a mullet from the right angle, 
on the right person, it can, it can look good. You look at it from most angles, it doesn't look all that good. The side angle of this arrow screen looks amazing. The front angle does not. It looks a, a little bit heavy when you look at it from the front. From the side, it looks great. But I think the important thing here is we can talk about the looks of it all we want. It doesn't matter how it looks. This is a safety aspect. This needs to happen. They've got it right. It looks better than the Halo in Formula One. I can tell you that. And this needs, regardless of, of the way it looks, whether it's aesthetically pleasing or not, these need to be on these race cars because we don't need freak accidents. If you can avoid a freak accident with debris flying in the air, taking a driver's life, which we've seen before at Pocono with Justin Wilson, if this is ready to be implemented, it needs to go on these cars. You look at the last two tragic IndyCar accidents that have taken lives of drivers, you know, Justin Wilson, as you mentioned, in Pocono, and then Dan Weldon in Las Vegas. You could make an argument that if the arrow screen would have been around, those possibly could have been prevented. Um, and it's a safety thing. There's a lot of I've read a lot of idiots and stuff on Twitter complaining that, oh, we might as well just put fenders out of it. It's taking the danger out of racing. Well, that's a stupid take. I mean, it's not if, supposed to be... If, you're, if your sole reason for wanting to watch racing is because there's the possibility someone's going to not yeah, walk away terrible, from an accident... It's a terrible reason to to watch it anyways. I mean, that'd in be the, like, let's the, take the helmets out of football because there's not enough concussions. I mean, that's it's a stupid take, and it just makes me angry, and I've seen some of that. It's still... It, the racing's not going to be any different. It's still going to be entertaining racing. It's still open-wheel cars, guys. Um, it's it's not, and like I said, I like it more than the Halo. It, it looks, that, that goes in, F, in Formula One where it looks really obtrusive. It doesn't look like it, it fits on the race car. These do. It look like they're supposed to be there. Yes, it's going to take some time to get used to. It's going to look weird for a while. But it's important that they have this ready. And in terms of, of the test, I think the important part is the fact that they, they've, had, they've done enough in the R&D department. They've done enough testing prototype-wise. They stuck these on the cars, and the drivers said, these could race now. We, there's yeah, not a lot left to change, which means that these teams can start working on getting these on their cars and seeing how it's going to affect things. Affect things. So one thing it will do is it's going to affect the arrow on these cars, and I don't think we know how it will affect them yet because it is going to change the way that airflow goes because before it was just the helmet. You had buffering, and if you put, looked at a, a wind tunnel, the, the way wind went off the helmet, and that's why at Indy, drivers, they go out there, especially the, the one-off drivers, they have to change... The, the aero components on their helmet because there's too much buffeting. All of that's going to change now because there's, there's no more wind going right at, at these drivers' helmets. It will go over with that aero screen. So aero-wise, in terms of, of how that affects the, the downforce numbers, I know that gets a little bit on the engineering side, but that's really intriguing for me is to see how it's going to affect the racing in terms of aero. And they project that um, these aero screens can hold up to what they call 150 kilonewtons of force. That's the equivalent of over 33,000 pounds of force. Um, I think the formula and halos, I think, hold up to 125 is what I was reading. Um, but they think that the the IndyCar designed ones, they're, they're designed to be a little bit stronger. So there, there's no negative to it, um, regardless of, of how it plays out, how it looks aesthetically. Um, if it's going to keep guys able to race and, and with their families and stuff... I don't care how ugly it looks. And the, I think the good thing is, is yes, it's going to take time to get used to, but it doesn't look bad. It just looks different. And I think that's the big thing. I think that's the reaction from a lot. It, and it's been split. There, there's a lot of people that I've seen that say this looks good. It's ready to go. Then there's some that says this, this is not good. I don't like it. Who cares? It's safer. And I think it, it's, it looks better than the Halo. And I think now the question is, if the, the aero screen works, do we see other open-wheel series that run the Halo switch over and look at the aero screen, kind of implement that technology, or do both well, stay separate? And, and do we see guys, you know, try more open-wheel stuff? Um, you know, I, I listened to uh, Dale Jr.'s weekly podcast, and back during the summer he had Will Power on, the, on his podcast, and they talked about... Um, drivers potentially you know pulling the double 
or whatever. And pa- Will Power expressed his opinion that he thought when when the Aero screen came in 2020 that it might be able well, to convince guys like a Kyle you, Larson. You look at Kyle Busch, who we know has expressed interest in running that, and some of the reasons behind that is open wheel on an oval. Jimmy Johnson, that's the same way. Jimmy Johnson said he wants to run an IndyCar race when he's retired, but on a road course. Does the aero screen maybe make him think about running the Indy 500? I'd love to see Jimmy Johnson try the Indy yeah. 500. I, I think uh, you look at the double, and it's talked about every year. Is someone going to try it? It hasn't been done all that much. There's Kurt only, Bush was the last one. He was the last one, and then Robbie Gordon, John Tony Andretti, Stewart, and John Andretti, I think, are the only four yeah. that have done it. So it's not like it's the, this thing that a lot of people have done because you also got to remember that the, the two races – didn't used to be on the same day. They used so to be they, on Saturday they, and Sunday, so guys be, would do. You, you had some of the, the Allisons were able to, to run both because you'd run the Indy, you'd run the Kill Yarbrough, maybe do it I, too. I think he did as well because you'd run the the World Six Hundred on Sunday, and then the Indy Five Hundred was a Monday event on Memorial Day. So now that it's all on Sunday, it that'd makes be it, freaking awesome to go back to. I think it would too, and I think you'd see a lot more guys do the double. I think you would. Or but it wouldn't be the double I mean, anymore. if you wanted to flip it and do the Indy 500 on Sunday and the Coke 600 on Monday, I'd be fine with that, too. That'd be freaking awesome. It's. I think there, there's a lot of things we don't know yet about what this aero screen is going to do, both on the track, off the track. But regardless of that, we can talk about it. This is a good thing. Good to see it on the cars. It's good to see it working. We're going to take a quick break here on the left turn when we get back. It's time to talk about Talladega. This is the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn. Are we going to go three for three, I, Trevor? Nope, I'm good. We, we I saved I was. it. I thought, we saved it. This yeah. is the left turn. Trevor didn't yawn. Oops, so still working good, on oh, it. Oh. Yeah, it is. I should have got more sleep. So there, there's there's Trevor's insight to his sleeping habits for the week. He didn't get enough sleep, and we got it. There's the yawn. We're three for I hope three. Nobody's listening at home doing the same thing. Because of our engineering lesson and discovering yeah, what a killer we, we just is. talked about that over break, and I was like, we we just like went on to full like physics, college yeah. level physics there for a second. Yeah, and I barely passed high school level physics, so that's really that's really impressive. We were I think the that. question is, did you know anything that you were actually saying? So it was like it was it was a great point. It was good information, but. Yeah, I knew what I was saying. I, I honestly, I, I, I didn't know that there was such a, a force or a weight as a kilonewton, um, or I probably knew it and just couldn't remember. And then you I probably read learned little, that in physics somewhere. Probably, um, but that was like I took a physics class like seven years ago. So it's you've been in. He's been in college that. Yeah, long. I'm old, Jacob. I'm I'm getting old. So yeah, it's been an interesting show. We've got a couple minutes left. We've sure. had guests all day. We we have. We're not turning the mics on. We're, we're being no. rude. Well, we're saving them. Yes. From embarrassing themselves. Yeah, I guess that. I mean, we're, we're talking about kilonewtons. I, I, yeah. I don't expect them to catch up. Yeah, and I'm over here converting kilonewtons to pounds. I don't really <laughs> expect. So let's talk about the left turn point standings. Let's talk about them. Let's and do it. As, as Trevor extended his lead this week, he took Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity race. I took Christopher Bell. Second for Allgaier, 25th for Bell. And then the Cup Series, I got a few of them back because I got a win with Kyle Larson. The bad thing for me is Martin Truex Jr. finished second for Trevor. So when we look at the overall standings, Trevor now up 2,230 to 2,148. I lead winner's points, 29-24. So at least I'm winning something because you look at everything else and, and the breakdown of each division, and it, it's just not good. So I love Kyle Larson, but I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a part of me that was hoping he would fail post-race tech because it would give the win to Martin Truex. I, I really thought we were going to get a, a, a caution with eight to go. We were going to yeah. come down pit road. He was going to come off third, finish second in that race, and, and we were going to look at like Martin Truex Jr. winning and be the most Kyle Larson thing ever. Thankfully, that didn't happen because he deserved to win that race. It's been a long time. But yeah, I'm happy for you. You, you gained five points I, on I me. I picked a race losing. right that wasn't Christopher Bell or Kyle Busch. Yeah, proud of you. So I, I, I made it. We're, we're getting better at this thing. Yeah, too bad the season's yeah. almost over. And, 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 and too bad Talladega's this week. Yeah, we're just we're throwing, I mean, we're throwing darts right now. And we, we did back at Daytona, the, the last tapered spacer track 
it's not a restrictor yeah. plate track anymore. It, it doesn't have the same ring, but the I still pack call racing. I still call it restrictor plates. I think what you picked Byron, I picked the Benedetto. And we had second and seventh. So we'll, we get to pick a truck race this week. We do the truck there series. There hasn't been one in like is, fourteen years. It's been a long time. I mean, you go like, back to September thirteenth, the last time the trucks were on a racetrack. To give, gonna, you, to give you an idea of how long it'll have been since there was a truck race, I was 22 the last time there was a truck race. I'll be 23 the next time they run one. Well, happy birthday, Trevor. Yeah, well, it's not my birthday. Well, I know that, okay. but... Yeah. Isn't it, what, tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Trevor turns 23 tomorrow. Yeah, getting old. Anywho, that was totally off topic. You just wanted to get the fact that your birthday was in tomorrow I just on wanted the to make show. the fact that it's been a long freaking time since there's been a truck race and it's stupid and they need to have... Like I said, September 13th, it's October 12th. That's a month. Minus a day. So it, For 29 it, days. But I think because it's been so long, let's take a look at the truck series playoff I completely standings. forgot. As they have just four races remaining, so they're going to start the round of six. Since that Las Vegas race, Thor Sport Racing has petitioned to get back into the playoffs. That was denied because of the engine troubles at Las Vegas. But we're going to start the round of six a month after the round of eight ended. Brett Moffitt and Austin Hill are in good shape. As they uh, Really, it's Moffitt, Austin Hill. Ross Chastain, Stuart Friesen are your top four right now. Friesen three above the cut line. Matt Crafton three below. And Tyler Ankrum will start nine below. Again, Sauter and Enfinger, the two not in. Brett Moffitt is in really good shape. I mean, really, as long as he doesn't wreck or anything in these next it's three still races. still Talladega. He's probably, yeah. I mean, Austin Hill, Ross Chastain, they don't have a lot of buffer room, really. I mean, they're only, what, plus six and plus five? Above the, the four-cut line. And Moffitt's then Ank- plus 23. Yeah, so he's sitting better, but uh, it could get really fun. Well, the, this w- week here, it'll be a Saturday race, 12.30 on Fox Sports 1. Trevor, you got first pick this week for the trucks. Who'd you take? It's not going to matter what happens because Brett Moffitt's going to win and punch his tickets mm-hmm. to, to the championship four at Homestead and, and try to repeat. So give me Brett Moffitt. And I'm going to take Austin Hill, the winner from Daytona. The That won, truck has been fast. It restricted well, he won track. the last time they had a truck race a couple years ago at Las and, Vegas. Yeah. And I, I'm taking just the, the Daytona Talladega into effect. That truck's been quick. When you go back with Brett Moffitt, back with Ryan, when Ryan, Ryan Truex was running that truck, it hasn't always finished races because it is – you know, Talladega, but it's fast when it shows up to the racetrack. So I've got Austin Hill taking the truck series win. We'll move to the Good cup series you. now. That'll be a one o'clock start time on Sunday on NBC. I have Trevor, first. you had first pick because I won last week. Who are you taking? This race scares the living daylights out Here, of Here's me. the good thing for you in terms of our point standings, which don't really matter in the, the the grand scheme of things but they matter to us no matter what happens this weekend you have a big enough gap that i should that i'm i'll, I'll still have a lead it just might not be super comfortable that that if i win if both of my picks win and both of your picks only pick up one point you will still have a lead heading into next week yeah it's man this is a really tough week to pick um but i'm gonna I might be gambling here, but I'm going to take uh, Alex Alex Bowman. Um, he's been fast the super speedways. He's been fast lately. Uh, he, if he gets a win, he'll punch himself into the round of eight, so give me Alex Bowman. Here, here's the way I look at Talladega is the playoff race. For some reason, we always see playoff drivers run up front. We see playoff drivers have a lot of trouble, but it's not quite like the other three where you get these really good runs from from mid to lower budget teams for some reason the playoff teams bring just cars that are just a little bit quicker chase elliott bad week blows up at dover doesn't even really get a chance to race he comes back doesn't matter he wins at talladega can i make a really 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 bold prediction please do hendrick cars all four finish in the top eight 
So I don't think that's that bold. I'm going to say top three as well. Because William Byron's going to get the pull. Probably. If I, if I have to make a pull prediction, I'm picking William Byron to get the pull. Because he's got a lot of those this year. That car is I fast wouldn't be surprised to see him go one, two, three, four. The way they've shown speed we saw last year it, um, at Talladega, what Stuart Haas did, where they started one, two, three, four, and they were able to control the entire race. I think if there's a team that does it this year, I think it could be Hendrick. They've shown speed lately. They've been really fast on the super speedways. You know, they went one, two at Talladega with Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, then William Byron and Jimmy Johnson finished second and third at Daytona. I think a someone from the Hendrick Motorsports stable wins this week. I almost went with Chase Elliott, but I went with Alex Bowman instead. Um, but I think someone from Hendrick wins this week. I, I agree with you, but the question I think I think for me, you're going to see a team dominate. I think it's, it's Hendrick. Is it Hendrick? We're, we both think it's going to be that. I'm picking Elliott. You're picking Bowman. We we saw Gibbs dominate the Daytona 500. We've seen Stuart Haas last year at Talladega. Ran away with that one. What, it what could it, be Penske. I mean, and it could be, you know, we saw at Daytona, it was Fords. It wasn't necessarily. I, um, I think for me, the, the biggest thing is where do these drivers sit with 15, 20 laps to go in their playoff race compared to where their teammates are? If you're Ryan Blaney and you're looking at, at your teammate, or if you're Clint Boyer and your teammate's Kevin Harvick, He's pretty safe. You're running with him, and he's not making the moves. I think we might see some team breakup and alliance, and we've seen that at these, these tracks. Some tracks, all race long, it's team, team, team. And then sometimes it just becomes a, a big mess because guys are like, I can't wait here with my teammate. I need to make these moves now to benefit myself. I, I think you, you could get in a situation where Blaney, Elliott, Bowman, someone decides I can't ride here anymore. I'm going to have to go on my own. And then once one driver does that, everyone else does, and we end up with with a, a big situation of guys running all over the the diff- all over the racetrack, and we kind of break up that that team idea. But but we'll have to see if it, it ends up getting there. I think if it does happen, it's around the 15 to 20 lap mark. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I love Talladega. It'll it'll be a fun weekend in the truck series. That race is Saturday at one thirty. There you go. Yep. Thank you, Trevor. I was listening. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to correct you. It's it's twelve thirty. One thirty Eastern time. There you go. I think you said one thirty. Well, if I did, I apologize. Yeah. The truck race is at twelve thirty Central time on Fox Sports One. The Cup race one o'clock on Sunday on NBC. That's going to do it for us here on the left turn today for Trevor Mater. Goodbye. I'm Jacob Blair. Every Monday, 3 to 4, this has been the left turn on X106.